Welcome to the Doggy Dojo. I'm your host, Susan Light, a Los Angeles-based dog trainer on a quest to become worthy of the title Sensei of the Doggy Dojo. This week, we're talking about dogs living with cats. Millions of households have both dogs and cats. They can get along, but it's certainly not automatic. We're going to talk about ways to increase your family's chances of success, from how to choose animals more likely to get along, how to prepare your home, and how to properly introduce them. We're also going to talk about what to do if that ship has sailed and you've already got the pets at home and they're fighting like <clears throat> cats and dogs. I'm joined by a certified dog trainer and retired registered vet tech with over 20 years experience. She is a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, the Society of Veterinary Behavior Technicians, and the National Association of Veterinary Technicians in America. She runs Manners for Mutts here in Southern California. Please welcome Stacy Lemke. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I'm really super happy to be here. Thanks. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to talk about dogs and cats getting along. I was trying to find the numbers for how many households have both, and I can't, I couldn't find it. I found they say how many dogs there are and how many cats, but not how many live together. But I would say anecdotally, many, many households have dogs and cats. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I've always had dogs and cats together and um, it's, it's, I think tons and tons of households have them. It's just, it seems to be the way it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they can get along. Absolutely. I think they absolutely can get along. And I've always had dogs and cats in my house. And I think a lot of it just depends on how you introduce them. Um, and, but I think so many people have dogs and cats and they get along that it's just proof that they can live together. Totally. And some of them are great friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to just be tolerating each other. Um, a lot of them groom each other and uh, play with each other and sleep with each other. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's really nice to see it when it goes well. Well, when I was a kid, we lived on like three and a half acres in Colorado and we had all our cats were outdoor cats. Um, but there was this one cat and dog that would play this game that only the dog liked. And the cat would be hunting bugs or something and the dog would come running from across the field and like tackle the cat and run away looking behind like, ha ha, your turn to come get me. And the cat yeah. would just look over and shake its head and go back to hunting <laughs> bugs. Yeah, that's that's a pretty tolerant cat right there. Most cats are not going to really like to do a lot of doggy type of wrestling. Um, they mostly like to do the chasing and the swatting and and dogs like to do the mouthing and the wrestling and but you know they can learn they can learn to get along and learn to play with each other and usually it's on the cat's terms when they get tired they just get up and leave definitely i think that's something that we'll talk about that it's more about making sure the cat is happy yeah and that absolutely. the dog respects the space of the cat so let's start from the beginning is there so cuz you said it it depends a lot on how you introduce them. So let's say that you haven't introduced them yet. You're thinking about bringing a new pet into your home. Let's talk about the right way to do it. And then at the end, we'll circle back to like, oh, we didn't do it that way. They're, they're just in the household together. And they're not getting yeah. along what we can do. But do you differentiate between you're bringing a cat into a household where you have a dog and a dog into a household where you're bringing a cat? Or is it about the same steps either way? 
It's going to be very similar. Um, I mean, one of the things I think people really have to understand is that cats and dogs are different species. <laughs> they don't they don't share the same body language. They don't share the same value system or social structure. Um, dogs are group animals and they value social order. They value being in groups and being together. And cats are solitary animals. And they really value their personal space. Mm -hmm. So if you understand that, it, you know, beginning before you even consider bringing a cat or a dog into a house with an existing pet, you're already going to be miles ahead of people who just think that cats are small dogs, which they are not. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that goes for getting like multiple cats. I know exactly. I grew up with dogs and then I had a cat and I was like, oh, he's lonely. I'm at work all day. So we got another cat and I didn't go through the steps. This was well before I was a trainer, you know, and I was just like, hey, here's another cat for you. And, you know, that didn't yeah. go that well. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And your existing cat said, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. He yeah. hissed for about two weeks. Mm hmm. Yep, yeah, they will do that sometimes. So let's take a look just for instance, let's say you're going to bring a dog or a cat into a house with an existing dog or cat. And you really have to look at the at the compatibility. And it's really important to consider both animals' personalities. So if you're a successful dog and cat match would be a dog that is a puppy because you can raise the dog with the cat or a cat that's a kitten because you can raise the kitten with the, with the adult dog. You want to have a laid back, friendly adult dog. So a very intense dog is going to be a little bit harder. Dogs with a successful past history of living with cats. So if you're, if you're getting a dog from a shelter or a cat from a shelter, you want to ask them, does this animal have a history in the past of living with an animal of a different species? Mm -hmm. In my house, I've got dogs and cats together. So I know that if I'm bringing in an existing dog, my cats have experience with dogs. If I'm bringing in an existing cat, mm -hmm. my dogs have experience already with living with a cat. When you're looking at the cat's personality, you want an adult cat. If you're looking at an adult cat, you want an adult cat that's calm and confident. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have a cat with a successful past history of living with dogs, then you've already got a dog savvy cat. And then also, you said, because um, you have this handout, which I want to mention before I forget, that Stacy has offered these two handouts for cats and dogs living together um, to my listeners. And it's got lots of tips on there, and they will be available on the show notes. There's going to be a link to both of them. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, you said on there that uh, a bad candidate for living with a dog would be a declawed cat. Yeah, declawed cats, I just think they feel more vulnerable because they know they don't have claws in the front. And so it tends to make them a little bit more protective of themselves. If you have a, a declawed cat, doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that those cats are probably going to feel a little bit uh, more vulnerable and maybe a little quicker to act uh, if they feel threatened by the dog. Yeah. Okay. So if you have a cat at home and you're like, oh, it's pretty chill. I think I want to get a dog. Then you're looking for a dog that is either a puppy or has a past history of living with a, of a cat. Yeah. Or if you just have those kind of laid back, friendly adult dogs that nothing bothers them, they're probably going to be good with a cat. And again, if you're getting a dog from a shelter, you can ask the shelter, does this dog have experience with cats? And a lot of really sh nice shelters will actually have dog savvy cats Absolutely. in the shelter that they can introduce the dog to and say, hey, you know, what is this dog's reaction to a cat? You definitely do not want to take your dog to the shelter and meet the cats. Okay. And you don't want to take your cat to the shelter to meet the dog. So that won't give you a good... Uh indication and it will stress the animals out. 
Yeah, if, especially if you if it's a cat, a cat's going to be very stressed if you're taking it to a shelter and introducing it to dogs. And dogs, depending on your dog's temperament and personality, some dogs are more nervous out in public than others. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about the right way to do this introduction then. Okay, perfect. Yes. Yeah, so you've already decided that your dog and your cat or your dog or your cat's temperament is going to be what you want and that you're thinking in your head that they're going to get along and you're going to go, okay, let's bring this animal home. So let's talk about bringing a dog, a new dog into a home with an existing cat. Great. So first of all, you want to make sure that you're keeping them separated at first. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just open the door and say, here's your new family member. (laughs) That's not going to go well. Yep. That was my mistake with the second cat. Yes. Like, hey, here you are. He was like, yeah. Yeah, they need time to get used to each other. You want to make sure that your cat has a sanctuary place to go that it can get away from the dog. So that can be a spare room or, you know, something like that where you put up a baby gate or you close the door. In my house, I use the office and I have a French door so they can actually see each other through the glass, which is kind of nice. And I set the cat up in the room with the bed and the litter box and the food and the water and everything that the cat needs. And I just keep them separated. They can smell each other on the other side of the door. They can look under the door. If you have a a very brave cat, you could put up a baby gate. Remember that the cat's probably going to go over the baby gate. Um, So that means you need to have the dog controlled. So I usually will keep the doors completely closed until they're starting to get a little curious about each other. Other things that can help is you can swap scents. So you can take something that the dog, like a a blanket or something that the dog sleeps on, and you can put it into the cat's area. And then you can take something that the cat has sent and put it into the dog's area. So animals, dogs and cats are going to learn about each other through scent. And so if you're swapping beds or blankets into the new areas, they can get that scent. And how long, you say until they're curious about each other, is it like a couple of days, a week? Depends on the, the one that's going the slowest. And it's usually the cat because cats are usually okay. a little bit more self-survival than the dogs are more curious and outgoing. The dog is probably going to want to investigate the cat, but the cat's probably not going to want to investigate the dog until it feels confident to do so. Yeah. So you go at the rate of whatever animal is going the slowest, and usually it's the cat. So you let the cat make the first move. Is he moving closer to the door? Is he reaching under the door? Is he sniffing under the door? Other things that you can do to help with the introductions is you can let them explore each other's spaces. So you can trade rooms and let them explore each other's spaces. Make sure that you are picking up the litter box and the cat food if you're letting the dog (laughs) explore the cat's area. But that can help too. And then one of the other things that I do, and I do this both when I'm introducing cats to cats and cats to dogs, is I will feed them on opposite sides of the door far enough away where they're comfortable and then gradually move the food bowls closer and closer until they're eating basically with each other, but on the opposite sides of a door. Um, that, oh, wow. Yeah, both of them are doing something that they like, which is eating, mm-hmm. and they're doing it closer and closer to this new being that's in the house. I love that. That's, an ask, that's actually a tip I've never heard before, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But now cats being, you know, you, when you feed the dog, he's going to come, he's going to eat it all. Right. Cats a little bit less so. They're more like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. So would that also be a better indication of like, 
if the cat won't go near the food until the dog's done and gone, yeah, that then you're probably it's too yeah, fast. it's too fast, or maybe you're feeding the dog too close to the door. So I would probably start by moving the food bowl far enough away from the cat's uh, sanctuary space so the cat feels comfortable eating. Yeah. So in other words, I'm not going to put them, you know, directly on either side of the door. There's going to be five, six, seven feet, and then I'm going to move them closer as they each feel more confident. And you can also, you know, if you're doing, if you have one of those cats, that's just kind of a grazer, Mm -hmm. you can use special treats or you can use maybe some, uh, you know, stinky canned cat food, just enough to, so that he'll, he'll go eat a little bit with the dog present. Cause there are those cats that they're sneaky eaters. They're going to come out in the middle of the night and eat. (laughs) They're going to eat whenever they feel like it. So it is, so you're going to put the food bowl down and they're going to go, no, I don't feel like eating right now. But if you find something that they really like, like, like I said, some stinky canned cat food, then you can at least get them to do it for a little while. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now they're eating nearby each other. They're curiously Mm -hmm. sniffing under the door. They've swapped scents. Mm-hmm. And what's the next step when this is going well? So then you're going to get into your face-to-face intros. And what I would do with this first is always have the dog on leash. And you want to have lots of high-value treats for the dog so that you can reward them for not trying to chase or bother the cat. And you can also have treats for the cat. And, and cats may or may not eat them, but you can have them available. That way you can say, oh, look, here's the dog. Here's a piece of tuna. Good for you. So again, you're forming that positive association between the dog and the cat. I would also make sure that the cat still has a place to retreat. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing the face-to-face intros, I'm, I'm going to open the door to the cat's room, but I'm probably going to put a baby gate up. So just in case the cat feels like he needs to get away, they can get back into their sanctuary space. Mm-hmm. Cats are always going to be more curious if they feel like they have a safe place to go and that they can get away. Absolutely. So if that goes well, if the face-to-face intros go well and 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 the dog would be on to, a leash? Yes, absolutely. You always want the dog on the leash when you first start to do face-to-face intros. Because yeah. that way, just if the if the cat does get scared for some reason and starts to run, the dog's prevented from chasing them. They're also prevented from invading their space too much by sniffing and curiosity or poking them with their nose or something like that. Yeah. Because you just don't know how it's going to go. You don't want to be able. You don't. And you always want to err on the side of caution. Make sure that the dog is on a leash and uh, that you're rewarding the dog for being calm in the presence of the cat. That's a huge one. This is something that I try to teach people because it's something that everybody wants calm behavior from their dog, but then when their dog is calm, they just sort of ignore it. Exactly. And then yes. when the dog's acting crazy, they're like, oh no, I need to do something about it. So it's like, you know, capturing behavior that you like and rewarding it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, we just don't even think about it sometimes. We're like, oh, the dog is just being nice and calm and that is what I want. And, you know, go reward it. Go be like, good, yeah. calm, good job. So that's just such an excellent point to point out that especially around the cat, that's the behavior you're looking for. Absolutely. You just, you know, it's it's okay to be curious. It's okay to want to sniff it, um, you know, and that's, that's what a dog's going to do. The cat's going to want to sniff the dog too. Again, they learn, they learn through scent. If the, if the face-to-face intros are going well, then you can start to kind of walk the dog around the house on the leash and get, get the cat kind of used to the fact that, yes, it does wander through the house and you have to, you know, get used to that. But again, the dog on the leash so that if it does decide to chase the cat or get a little over curious, you know, you can, you can, you've got control. Mm-hmm. And then 
how long does that stage last? So anytime that the cat, you know, that the door to that sanctuary room is open and the cat can be in the house, you've got the dog on a leash in the house. Correct. How long does that stage last? And then uh, it sounds to me like you'd put up the baby gate. You still need to keep the dog out of the, the cat room. Well, unless you're swapping scents. If you're swapping rooms, right. then you can have the dog in the cat room behind the baby gate and have the cat in the rest of the house. Um, okay. But you still want to monitor because, you know, let's just say the cat decides it's, you know, it's tired and it wants to go take a nap. It's going to want to go back to its sanctuary space. And it's probably not going to want a dog in there when it jumps over the gate. For sure. So when the cat is ready to return to its space, you then remove the dog. Got it. Um, so the cat can have free range if the dog. If the dog is either leashed or behind a baby gate. Yes. Yes. Makes perfect sense. So how long does that stage last? When is it like, okay, now they're fine. Or is there another step? Well, I kind of just do it until the cat feels comfortable wandering around with the dog and that you trust the dog to not chase or bother the cat back up a little bit before you ever decide to bring a cat into a house with a dog. You also want to make sure that your dog is trained yeah, <laughs> and that you teach it a very reliable leave it. So leave it means forget about that thing. You can't have it or you know, basically no, you can't chase the cat. Mm -hmm. And you want to have a really good recall, which is come when called. Because if the dog does decide to go after the cat, you can say, leave it, come, and the dog will come back to you. Yeah. So this is something that you're going to need to teach before you bring the cat into the house because you don't want to teach it when you need the dog to do it. So true. And both of those skills are super great for a dog to have anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. leave it for trash on the sidewalk. It's for kids on a scooter. It's, you know, and, and you definitely need to have a, a dog that comes when called. That can yeah. be a life lifesaver there. Absolutely. So a way that you can practice that is like we use one of those um balls with a tail that sort of like yes. radically moves around yes um and that is an excellent thing if your dog will leave that you know the chances are better as opposed to something that's not moving something that's not furry yeah i love those little you turn them on and the little tail flips yeah, yeah. And it's like those moving are... around radically yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to start with that. You would want to start no. with something easier, but right. that's, that's a good one to use. Yeah. And, and I use it too sometimes with, you know, if I'm out walking my dogs and they see a rabbit or they see a squirrel, that's a leave it. Yeah. I don't yeah. want you going after that. Uh, of course they're on leash too, but still, you know, it's, I don't want to get jerked over when they take off after a squirrel. Excellent point. Excellent point. Let's talk so people really understand about how they need to have their house set up moving forward because the cat still needs a sanctuary space. Absolutely. You still want the dog not to get into the cat litter. You still want Absolutely. them not eating each other's food. Yeah. And so uh, again, going back to cats valuing uh, personal space, you can always go up with cats. Cats like to be up high. So if you've got shelving or if you've got, uh, you know, little kitty walkways, you can get those big cat trees that, that go, you know, that are kind of tall. Mm -hmm. What I do for my cats is I, I have the back bedroom is kind of their sanctuary space. I have their food up on a kitchen or up on the bathroom cabinet so the dog can't get there so they can get up on top of something to eat their food and their food is safe. I also have a special litter cabinet that I built that opens in the front so you can get in there and clean everything. You close the front doors and then the cats go around to the side and there's a little kitty door there. So it keeps the dogs out Mm. but allows the cats to get in. But you definitely want to make sure that you're putting that litter box somewhere where that dog can't get it. Because if you surprise a cat in the litter box too many times, yep. they're going to stop using it. And so that's not um, a fun uh, that is, 
That is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing you want to be careful of too, is where you set your kitty's sanctuary space up to be. So let's say you, you choose a laundry room. You don't want the cat to be in the litter box when the laundry alarm goes off that it's done because that can freak a cat out too. Um, and then, yeah, you want, you want it to be somewhere where it's quiet, it's comfortable. There's not a lot of traffic. So if you have, I know people don't have mud rooms in California, but you don't want somewhere where people are going in and out and walking through all the time. Like I said, up high is the best, is the best thing to do. They love to climb. They love to be up high and look down on their territory. And so you can put their food and water bowls up there. Yeah. And then out of reach of the dog. So if they're Absolutely. tired of the dog, I'm like, I'm going to go up here where you can't get me. Yeah. And of course, I have seen a few dogs that will climb the, the cat trees too. So, <laughs> Well, and some dogs are quite tall when they stand up. Yes. Your little Jack Russell Terrier is probably going to scurry right up that cat tree. <laughs> and then it just takes time from there. And it can take months. It, you know, I've had cats that I've brought in and sometimes it takes two or three months. And then all of a sudden, one day, the cat just leaps over the baby gate and walks up and starts rubbing on the dog. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, okay, they're ready. <laughs> yeah. So don't rush it. Every dog, every cat is an individual. Absolutely. And again, you can only go at the rate of the slowest species. So if you've got a dog that's, let's say you have a tiny little chihuahua and a, a big old, you know, tomcat, it can work the other way. That cat may stalk that chihuahua. Um, oh, and so yeah. you've you've got to go at the, at the, at the rate of the slowest species, whichever one is taking the most time to adjust. I love that. So we're going to take just a quick break. I do want to remind everybody that in the show notes, I've got Stacy's website and also an email there if you want to contact her and the links to these two handouts that have very detailed uh, information you should definitely download them if you are going to bring in a dog or a cat to your house and you already have a resident animal and if you're having a little issue with them getting along so we'll just take a short break all right we are back with stacy lemke we're talking about cats and dogs living together and getting along. And we've already talked about how to properly introduce them. But let's talk now of, you know, either it didn't go well, or you didn't know that you needed to do that. But basically, it's too late for that. The cat is out of the bag, so to speak. (laughs) And you're getting called into a situation where the dog and cat are living together, but they're not getting along. Um, yeah. What are what are some of the things we've just barely started to talk about? Maybe a terrier or a dog with a high prey drive wanting to chase the cats. Um, what would you do for that? Yeah. So first of all, definite red flags are any dog that attempts to aggressively chase, pin, pick up and shake, otherwise manhandle a cat. That's a definite red flag. The dog who growls, lunges at, or, or, or the dog just that obsessively barks at the cat. These are things that, you know, you, you want to kind of go, hmm, maybe I have a problem here. Okay. On the other hand, you might have that cat who growls and swats and hisses and chases after the dog or runs and hides. And in that case, you know, now you have a cat that's not happy in its environment, which can lead to all kinds of problems with cats. Oh, yeah. So I would say, you know, start with the dog. And the dog needs to be trained, again, going back to the leave it and the recall. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the very first thing that I would do is I would work with the dog to try to get the dog to be calm around the cat. Work on those trainings outside of the context of being with the cat. So you're going to work without the cat there. And then you're going to gradually ramp it up and work with the cat in the room 
in the dog on leash and very, very high value rewards for the dog leaving the cat alone. Mm. So you want to make sure that you're always managing the environment because you don't want the dog to have access to the cat when you're not there and can't mm. interrupt. So anytime that you're not there, you need to have management in place to keep the cat safe and the dog safe. So you, again, you're going to go back to locking that cat in its sanctuary space. Uh, maybe you put the dog out in the backyard while you're not there or whatever management you have in place. Or in a crate. Or in a crate, yes, crate absolutely. Trained. If your dog is crate trained, that's that's a good way to let the cat explore the rest of the house is to put the dog in the crate and see if the cat will approach the dog. And what happens when the cat does approach the dog? Is the dog curious and sniffing or does it, you know, lunge at the, at the crate and bite at the bars? Yeah. <laughs> so how do owners tell, you mentioned growling, obviously pinning, um, the, what are the things we want them to look for to know that it's not a playful thing it's going to be a problem thing yeah we want them to interact and play maybe if they are comfortable if, with each if other if they choose to yeah play yeah. is play is loose and wiggly on the dog side play is loose and wiggly they're going to be you know wagging their tails they might be doing play bows they might be barking but it's going to be a different kind of bark it's going to be more of a hey play with me and of course when they do that to the cat, it's most likely going to go, no, thank you, and, and run away. Uh, <laughs> but at least you're, you're looking at happy, loose body mm-hmm. language. If the dog fixates on the cat, so it's staring, it's very still, it's frozen, and it's staring, that's mm-hmm. more, much more intense. That's much more, um, boy, I really want to get at you. And again, if it does happen to t- chase the cat, and at any time it pins it or picks it up, that's, that's not a good sign. That's not okay. a good sign. Yeah. And if the cat maybe uses their claws. Yeah. You are going to have those cats that actually will go after the dog. Yeah. And swat at and hiss and, and, you know, that's not nice for the dog either, especially if the dog is just cruising through the room and all of a sudden the cat just gets up and goes over and starts batting at them. That's probably not a cat that's going to even want to live with a dog. They probably would prefer not to live in a house with the dog. Yeah. So sometimes it's not about behavior modification. It's just a bad match. And you're not sometimes it is, both. unfortunately. Yeah, I, I actually went to a client's house one time and they had a, an existing cat and they had adopted um, a dog. And they were saying, you know, we're having trouble with the dog and the cat getting along. And so I went to their house and the cat was indoors and the dog was out in the backyard. And um, they said, Oh, well, let's just let me just show you what he does. Mm. And they opened up the drapes, and here was this dog just hurling itself at the back patio door. Whoa. And this high-pitched, screeching, you know, almost uh, manic barking and drooling. And, and I thought, you know, this just, that's not a good match. So they mm-hmm. ended up returning the dog to the shelter just because they were afraid of what was going to happen to the cat. Yeah. And that's, sometimes that's what you have to do is, you know, if you bring a, a cat into the house and it spends six months hiding under the bed, that's not a good match. No. It's yeah. not a happy cat. Yeah. How do you stop the cat who wants to taunt the dog? Because since they can get sort of out of reach, I've had clients who are like, yeah, you know, the cat just torments the dog yeah. by teasing it and taunting it. And the dog and then running, up, running, up its yeah, cat running away. Exactly. Yeah. So you train the cat. Contrary to popular belief, cats can be trained. Um, And it's exactly the same way you would train a dog with positive reinforcement and treats. I would probably, if I had that kind of an active cat, I I would probably try to get the cat to play more with toys. So I would have a lot of things that the cat could 
chase and pounce on and bunny kick that's not your dog <laughs> because it's probably it's probably just taking out its you know its energy and its its playfulness hopefully it's playful um on the dog because the dog is there so mm. you want to get lots of toys involved if if they you can get big stuffy puffy toys and they can roll around on them and they can bite them and they the cats they like to do that fake hunting where they're chasing uh, feathers and they're chasing little mice and i think if we can get them to do the chasing and the swatting at the toys, they're less apt to take it out on the dog. So if you have one of those very active, playful cats, you're going to have to be the one that plays with them. You have to get those cat toys out and move them around and let them chase and hunt and catch. Yeah. That's great. And you can do that for dogs too, like flirt poles that people associate with cats. Uh, It can be used for dogs for their prey drive. And yep. uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love, love, love flirt poles. I think every puppy in the planet should come with a flirt pole because when <laughs> they get this, when they get the zoomies and they start biting at the back of your pants, that's what you want to do. You want to bring that out. But yeah, it also gives the dog something like for me, I have herding dogs. I have Australian shepherds and people are always like, you have herding dogs and you have cats. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> Both of my dogs have a very reliable leave it and a very good recall. And we chase other things. So we go to the park and we chase frisbees and we chase balls and we, ch- and we run with the flirt pole. So I, I'm giving them an outlet for that need to control motion and and chase things. And so if you have a dog that's chase chase driven, such as, as your herding dogs, your terriers, you need to give them something to, that they can chase. It's not your cat. Yeah, that's important. That's important. If you want them to get along, you don't want them taking out that uh, on each other. Yeah, you have to meet their needs. I mean, and this, this is not, this is for anything. I mean, if you, even if you have a cat living alone or a dog living alone without another species, you need to meet their needs. So you're just going to need to make sure that they're not taking those out on each other. Absolutely. Do you have any other um, tips or stories you want to share or? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it is going to take time. Yeah. You know, and that's just, you can't, you can't rush it because if one of them has a bad enough experience, it's going to set you way back. Yeah. And really understanding when you're saying, you know, you need to meet their needs, really understanding the different needs that the two different species have. Being Absolutely. So and yeah, yeah they, exactly. The cat needs the space. They need the quiet in the litter box. They need the food not to be in danger because you know, your dog's going to eat anything. Oh yeah. My dogs would so... Food. Yeah, they would if they could figure out how to get up on the on the cabinet, they would pill for that cat food every time. <laughs> so yeah, and and it's, you know, that's the thing. That's, you know, when we first started talking about this, it was understanding that they are two different species and they they have different needs. And again, with cats, it's you can always go vertical space, which is really nice. Um so you which can they go should up. have anyway. Every cat They absolutely need space. it. They yeah. absolutely need it. It's just so much a part of being a cat. Um, and they need to have hidey places too. We didn't really talk about this, but they have, you know, I have little, um, nooks and crannies where I have little hidey, I call it a hidey house, uh, where my cats can get into and the dogs are understand you leave the house alone. My, my puppy, when I first brought her home, thought, um, Flurry's hidey house was a wonderful toy and (laughs) would come bounding down the hallway with it in her mouth. Um, but, but that's a leave it, you know, no, you don't bother the cats when they're in their bed or in their Heidi house. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about like a pheromone plug-in, the feel-away kind of, do you think that helps 
calm? I think it could help. I think it could help. I've had lots of people say that the feel away has worked. The nice thing about the feel away is that if it doesn't work, that's the worst side effect. They also have the DAP for the dogs, which is the same thing. Okay. And I've used feel away before when I am introducing a cat, a new cat to an existing cat, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're going cat to cat, I've used the feel away in the sanctuary room. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it helped or not, but I, I figured it couldn't hurt. Yeah. All it is is a pheromone, you know, yeah. and they have the little plug-ins and you just, yep. I, I think it's worth a try. Um, if For anything's sure. worth a try, but you just you need to make sure that you've got good treats for the dog when they're, when they're behaving and they're leaving the cat alone. Like you said, we're really good at just ignoring them when they're, when they're when doing they're well, behaving. Yeah. When they're behaving, you know? And so then they just like children, they learn to get, be naughty to get attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you should probably something else that would be good is spending time with both of them. Like you've got this cat locked in a little sanctuary room, get in there, pet the cat. You know, oh, absolutely. You still, you still want to bond with the cat yourself. Yeah. So you're going to be, you know, you're going to be going in there and you're going to be playing with the toys and you're going to be petting the cat if that's what they like, or grooming if that's what they like, or, you know, just sitting there with the cat. Some cats are, you know, they would rather just sit with you. They don't really want, they don't really yeah. want to play at or the climb. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just want to come and sit on your lap or sit next to you. Um, but yeah, you definitely are going to need to be bonding with whichever one you're bringing in, whether you're bringing a cat in or you're bringing a dog in, you're going to be bonding with that new animal, just like you would if you had only that one animal at home. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. I really appreciate all that practical advice. It's going to be so helpful to so many people. Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. And, you know, the downloads are there for your your listeners. And if they're thinking about introducing a new cat or a dog, um, I also have a Facebook page for Manners for Mutts. They can come up there and ask questions if they need to. Um, And thank you so much for inviting me. This has really been fun. I've really enjoyed it. My absolute pleasure. I will put the link to that Facebook group in the show notes then. Oh, awesome. Perfect. This is your aspiring sensei, Susan Light, signing off. If you want to work with me, you can find me at doggydojopodcast.com. I offer video sessions no matter where you're located. The music was written by Mac Light. You can find him at maclightsongwriter.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with other dog lovers. And I'll see you here next Tuesday with a brand new episode of the Doggy Dojo. 